Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit Hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. You're listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. I'm your podcast host, Orlando Murrin, and on this show, we're going to talk about some brilliant recipes and we'll even be tasting some of Tom's own creations. Welcome to the BBC Good Food podcast with Chef Tom Kerridge. I'm your host, Orlando Murrin, and today we're talking about pasta. To start off, Tom, what's your favourite pasta shape? Oh, this, I mean, it's such a difficult question, right? Because there are so many and they're actually formed for different reasons. I love, I love raviolis and I love tortellinis. I love the, the pastas that are filled that, with the filling that you then go with a sauce on the top. Or a, like, they're, they're beautiful then because they're works of art. They're things that you're making parcels out of things. Great. However, it comes back to childhood memories and nostalgia things again. Spaghetti. Spaghetti is great. I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, as a kid, you remember it out of a tin with a really cheap, cheesy, <laughs> horrible kind of bright red sauce with it. But two, actually, spaghetti bolognese is kind of like everybody's go-to dish. Everyone kind of knows how to make it. Spaghetti is easy and it's fun to eat. You know, it's fun. It's a fun thing. Spaghetti. It's the first thing I can remember eating, actually, spaghetti yeah. bolognese. But I've always wondered, how do they actually make hoops? How do you make a spaghetti hoop? I mean, I, it's very I, odd. I've got to be honest, at this point, I am the wrong person to be asking. <laughs> we need either a food manufacturer or Angela Hartnett here. Either one. Is it, I, I don't know how you make a spaghetti hoop. But I think the young people nowadays, the first first pasta, they, it might be more likely to be penne because penne yes. is kind of taken over from spaghetti in some ways, hasn't it, in families? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you actually penne is quite good because it has multi-purpose. You can do, use it twice. So once you've cooked it and mixed it with the sauce, you can leave it to go cold and then do it as a pasta bake. Spaghetti doesn't necessarily make a great pasta bake. Penne does. It's the sort of thing that you can cook and it holds sauce. And, it's, and, it, and do you know what? Pasta is so 
versatile. It's an ama- It's a. It's a flavor vehicle. It's something that's there that takes flavors. It's. A, it's. You know, it, it's essentially flour and eggs, isn't it? You know, basically, it's just. It's not really there for flavor. It holds flavor. It's a filler. It's a carbohydrate, but it is brilliant. It's a brilliant, brilliant thing. It's fantastic stuff because uh, I mean, it, it's high tech. They the little ridges on the outside. They the Italians have really gone to town on working out exactly how to make it hold the sauce or slip around the sauce and the sauce to go in the middle or not go in the middle. Yeah. Um, They're very, very clever. And you can dress pasta up or you can dress it down. It can be the height of elegance or it can be the most easy home cooking. Exactly. You know, but I always think the pasta, the the simpler the dish, the the better it is. You know, I, I, I just think it works so, so well. I mean, you can then, you work really hard at making a lasagna that is quite complicated and takes a lot of effort. And they're kind of like centerpiece and showcase dishes for Sunday lunch replacements. It's not something you just don't knock up a lasagna on a Wednesday night no. when you've gone from work at seven o'clock. You know, you have to go through the process of making the, the the sauce, the ragu, the whatever, you know, the white sauce and all of that. And they become they become a weekend treat, which is yeah. amazing. But the, the beautiful thing about pasta is something that cooks very, very quickly. Drizzle it with some lovely olive oil, put in some fresh herbs, you know, mix in a couple of very, very, you know, a couple of bits of chorizo or salami or something very simple. And all away you go with a very very simple high tasty high flavor dish in an evening done very very quickly yeah it's um it's as if everything needs to be very high quality but kept very simple yeah i remember when i was in my 20s one of the first dishes i had out in that period was just simply spaghetti with fresh rosemary and butter and i can still smell and taste that butter and rosemary now it was fantastic and that's all there was i don't think they even put any parmesan on top of it but yeah. uh, but usually we do need parmesan on top don't well, we yeah parmesan is great it's great for that cheesy flavor but i, I know we've talked about parmesan being used before but it, it works really well because it's got a great salt content it, it works as a seasoning you know and that makes it delicious i think in sicily they use um where they don't have so much dairy they use toasted breadcrumbs instead and i've tried that and that gives a nice parmesan feeling but without the 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 cheesy flavor the deep-rooted hearty and soulfulness of um italian cookery is all based on kind of almost peasant style simple cheaper ingredients but then very cleverly worked into something very very elegant and you that you said yeah it was pasta with breadcrumbs and you think what however you can imagine being in sicily where it's done with some fresh herbs so it's some beautiful fresh pasta egg pasta that's made with wonderful free-range eggs yeah. so it's beautiful and bright yellow some fantastic herbs dropped through at the end a little drizzle of some outstanding freshly pressed virgin olive oil at the end <sighs> and then some some wonderfully toasted leftover kind of ciabatta that's just been roasted and crumbed over the top and then maybe a little bit of grated fresh of Sicilian <laughs> lemon and all of a sudden you go it sounds amazing I'm transported to Sicily but exactly but essentially you got breadcrumbs pasta a bit of herbs and a, and a little drizzle of oil but if you did that with you know cheap nasty pasta some yeah. some dried herbs a, a rubbish a rubbish waxed lemon uh, some some leftover sliced white bread and a, a, a little drizzle of veg oil like Rubbish, rubbish yeah, dish. No point. no point. It's it's about getting those real simple things well that suddenly lift something so simple and literally, you know, very, very close to costing pence taste 
outstanding. That's quite Italian if you think of the Italian style. They know yeah. how to do things, don't they? They really I do. I think an, uh, a useful idea for the breadcrumbs is if you have a fish pasta dish because people make uh, sardine pasta or um, even smoked salmon pasta, with that the cheese is a little bit odd. So the breadcrumbs would be a very good idea to put on top of that instead of parmesan wouldn't it yeah i think i think the italians are, or, or in certain areas of italy they're pretty anti um cheese with fish in pasta you know it doesn't for, for, i think they're quite staunch about not having it however you know they're it also, works it works they're also very fussy much more fussy than i would be anyway about which sauce or which sort of sauce to serve with with which pasta because they have been designed and technologically crafted to to go with either a thick sauce or a thin sauce or something like that exactly there are yeah. hundreds of different types on the um on one mate they have a number and the numbers are often in the hundreds and you think oh my goodness they've got you know, 240 different shapes of pasta i want to try them all now yeah yeah they do they they've there's so many different types that go through the sorts of pasta that almost you cook, you use like rice that you stir yeah, into oh, a dish. Yeah. And, and or, it, also, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. But it, you wouldn't, you, you cook the sauce or the soup and then add that in the end and cook it. And it kind of works as a thickening agent and it's amazing. Through to, you know, tiny little shells to macaroni, through to linguine or, or, or spaghetti that, you know, that coats and holds. And then, and then obviously the raviolis and the tortellinis, they, they become something very very special then that's that that to me is next layer that's next level because what you're doing is you're putting the what you would normally you know you're giving it a stuffing you're making something you know you're creating these little parcels now of flavor rather than just the strands or or, or the shape of pasta being covered in sauce you're surrounding it you're wrapping it shall we talk about fresh pasta a bit now the homemade pasta there's so really big subject but um in the restaurant i imagine that you've got the guys making the 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 pasta dough and then putting it through the rollers and it comes out as a very thin sheet exactly and then you then you slice it or you, you shape or you make it into ravioli yeah you have to roll it but pasta i mean pasta is a of touch and feel and i'm not a pasta expert i have made lots of it i have gone through it i've gone through the process of making it in lots of different shapes and rolling it and putting it through the pasta machine and you learn it's a bit like bread it's all about touch and feel in your hands and you you get to know when the pasta is stretched and the right you know the right consistency it gets a shine on it you're putting it through that's when you'll start cutting it how 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 elasticy does it feel and all of those sort of processes it's a bit like kneading bread and you get to that point you need to watch and understand it um, but the most magical person I've seen making it and uh, is Angela Hartnett. When I've, someone whose life has been about Italian cookery, coming from an Italian background, and and making this incredible pasta, and she'll make can make it with her eyes closed, with her hands, and touch and feel, and just create. And it's wonderful when you see somebody like that who is who is so world class at what they do, and you know, and it's she makes it look so simple and it's just rehearsed and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced but it doesn't it doesn't mean to say that pasta is difficult because it is a case of you know a nice strong flour egg yolks and maybe a little drizzle of oil and a pinch of salt you know and you just build it together blend it together like making a dough and then you know people can make pasta at home it is very easy to make it angie's standard very, very difficult, well rehearsed years and years and years of practice to do it at home it is the sort of thing that you can make. 
Yeah, I suppose you could get a bit frightened of the fact that the humidity of the air is going to affect it a bit, but it doesn't affect it if you're just making a, a round of pasta. It would affect it if you're making it for a restaurant for 50 covers, wouldn't I think, it? I think the argument about people making pasta at home on their own is the fact that there's such good dried pasta out there that you can buy. It's not quite like making bread. If you go through that process of making a wonderful sourdough at home and you're taking all that time, and it's more than likely to be better than any bread that you'll buy from a supermarket. Okay, so you'll go. And if you're buying a really good sourdough, it's quite expensive from a supermarket. If you're making it on your own, you go. So you go through that process of making it pasta. You're going through the process of making it. Is it going to be better? Is it considerably cheaper than buying dried pasta? Probably not. You have to embrace the process. Pa- making pasta at home isn't about it being a cost saving or a time saving. That's a case of you wanting to make it. It's a case of you just want to do it. You want to make pasta. You enjoy being in the kitchen and cooking. If you want to make ravioli, of course, you can then <clears throat> put your own filling in rather than a bought filling. So that one is one that I can see would be a very good way to start. Yes. Um, but there's quite a lot to it because you've got to get a, a manageable sheet and then put it over your ravioli tray yep. or you've got to put little piles on and cut them all out. Yeah. Do you... Do you in the restaurant work with with ravioli trays or with kind of free form pasta? We, where we you put free little... form, free form shapes. Yeah, we free form shapes. So so it's, it's either sheets that you put the little blobs on and put over the top. Yeah. Or, or yeah, it, it, we don't use the little trays. No. And then you cut them out, and then you t- if for tortilla, and you twist them, twist them around your finger. Do you do do, do twisted shapes? Yeah, you have to get you have to yeah. get used to the practice of picking it up, putting it into a half moon shape, folding it around and over the top of your finger and squeezing it together, stuck together with just a little bit of water and then leaving it to dry. Yeah, I mean, it, it's second nature to a chef, but the first time you do it, um, it's, it's it seems challenging. It, it's one of those things. And it's like shaping gotta... gnocchi as well. To get the little fork mark groove on the gnocchi, on the gnocchi, which is kind of essential, of course, if you want to make a good gnocchi, it's quite hard to do it. Yeah, again, that comes down to the dough. and the t- I mean, it, you know, the essential kind of dough that you're making. Is it too sticky? Is it too wet? Is it, too, you know, all of those sort of things have to, you have to play around with. Yeah, and they, they are, this is essentially one of those things that is a case of practicing this making your own pasta is a case for people who love cooking cooking pasta and serving it with a sauce if for people it can be for people who are just beginners at <laughs> cooking you know yeah. it's very very yeah. that's why pasta is such an amazing thing to be using and, and making or using as an ingredient it's um it's such fun as well the the, the the rolling machine. We've got a great video on BBCGoodFood.com of of how to get it through the machine and how to handle it because the strands when you get it thinner the strands get quite long and you where do you where do you put these strands? How do you where do you lay them down that they don't attach themselves to that surface? So there's there's a bit of know how, but I think if you can watch someone doing it and it's certainly mesmerising watching people make pasta. There are lots of videos online on YouTube of just people making pasta. It's like those strange videos of people folding towels that people watch to make them relax it's just a lovely thing to see happen people watch videos of someone folding towels to make them relax yeah i think they hum while they fold the towels as well and you just watch them and you go into kind of zen-like state of flow and you just watch the towels and then he or she ends up with a pile of beautiful folded towels which of course makes you feel good what on earth are you watching? <laughs> you don't know about this. No, it's a, I know it's nothing a, it's about it. It's a thing, Tom. <laughs> when you're feeling stressed, call up folding towel videos on YouTube, and you're gonna have a you'll you'll come.
come down from whatever I think you're surely on. it's better to, <laughs> to watch folding tortellini videos, <laughs> making pasta, making ravioli videos. Better than watching someone fold towels. Someone wants to fold towels, they can come around my house. I, got, I tell you what, we got 15 rooms at the end of Flowers. They always, they always need tidy. And if someone wants to come and do that to make them feel relaxed, please feel free. Now, on social media, we've got some real dilemmas. We've got people in a torment over their pasta cooking. And I'd really like to sort them out once and for all. We've got three big questions, which I hope we can help with. And the first one is, do you put oil? We're talking about a bought pasta here. Do we put oil in the water or not? Um, I used to think, yes, that's what you do, because I've always been told that's what you do. However, having spoken to many a chef that specialise in pasta... that, what's the point in that? There's no point. So what you do is once you, you boil it and you cook it and the pasta's cooked, once you drain it, then you drizzle it with oil so it doesn't stick together. Yeah. So there's no point. It's a, so there's there's no point. You can give it a little drizzle with oil after it's been cooked. So there's no point of putting oil in the in the in the boiling water. Well, I'm very glad to have sorted that out for Stezar ninety. Um, we can finish with that. Now the next one is how much salt to put in the water. Actually, they they said, but I know this all horrified. They said, do I actually need to salt the water when cooking pasta? And then they said, how much salt to put in? Yeah, you do. I mean, do you? No, you don't need it to get the pasta to be cooked. But if you want to get seasoning in it, that's the point of it. It's kind of like you want it to taste of anything. Yeah, well, it was kind of like when you do roast potatoes and you're doing it and you're cooking them before and in the water. You can't get salt into the potato afterwards. You can only season it on top. If the pasta is being cooked in salted water, then it will start taking on some of that salt flavour. So you will get um, the flavouring in it. So yeah, it's. In, I would say definitely put salt in it and put salt in it as if you were blanching vegetables. The same sort of amount of salt that you're going to blanch a vegetable. It's a couple of teaspoonfuls in a in a big pan wouldn't you say something yeah, like that so you can but, just about taste it yeah but i i think it's essential because otherwise it, it, it's terribly bland so carly 47 is happy now with with that advice and the third one someone has told d Fersh um that they should add some of the pasta cooking water to their sauce yeah well it depends on the sort of sauce but yes so i see th- where they're coming yeah, from yeah no definitely a hundred percent but if you've made a ragu if you've made like a bolognese kind of ragu or a slow braised beef or pork dish or you know that you're going to then mix with the pasta no you don't need the pasta water but if you're going to cook something very very quick at lunchtime where you just boil boil some spaghetti in a pan drain it keep some of the water then in a pan put some of the water in a pan reduce it down add a little knob of mascarpone maybe a, a little drizzle of oil some chopped chili some you know a few green veggies to it you know some wilted broccoli it's purple sprouting broccoli um and the leaves from that and then add the pasta back to it grated parmesan you use that water that's got that starch content in to help create a sauce definitely yeah it's hot salty starchy water which can be useful particularly if you've got a sauce involved exactly what, it what, works really well to make a last minute creamy or or, or coating sauce definitely but you don't yeah. add it to a ragu not automatically no, no, I no. tend to just before I drain the pasta take out a little cupful of the cooking water and leave it standing by and then drain the pasta da, da, da. and if I need to thin the sauce a bit or emulsify the sauce because it kind of um, it, it gives a very nice 
finish to the sauce, the starchy water. I just tip a little bit of it in. I don't tip it all in, just a, a couple of tablespoons, and that works for me. Yeah, 100%. That's We've sorted everyone out. They there must we be go. so happy. Now, here's a really big dilemma. Fresh versus dried pasta. And mm-hmm. here I'm talking about the bought ones. So you've yep. got the, the kind of wobbly fresh ones in the chiller place, and you've got the dried. Now, where do you stand on those? Because people get very anxious about that, and they think that one must be much better than the other. Well, the fresh one, I mean, it, for me, is the one that I would buy. I, would I? Do I always buy it? That's not, that's not strictly true. I mean, we've got we've got lots of spaghetti at home. My little man loves spaghetti, like a lot of kids. Pasta is a great one because it, it's one of those not too powerful flavours. He loves it with bolognese sauce. and he, You know, they're, they're great. They're, it's a lovely, lovely dish. And for that, we've got lots of dried pasta. But fresh is great. Either one is pe- like it really... There is no need to be snobby or worry about pasta. It, it cooks exactly the same fresh or dry. Cook, you know, you need boiling salted water, cook it in it. The dry will need longer to cook than the fresh. That's the only difference. Yeah, it's, it's quicker, the fresh. But you get a much wider choice of shapes in the dry. You, do, and you get yeah. things that you can't get fresh, which yes. opens up lots of possibilities. Fresh is normally it? just spaghetti or pappadelli or, or, or something, or lasagna sheets or those sort of yeah. things, where, where, it's easy, where it's just rolled sheets of pasta cut into shapes rather than shaped tubes little lozenges mac macaroni kind of a style that's much that's much better and easier to use from dry still to come on bbc good foods podcast with tom kerridge so now when i make a chicken soup i put alphabet spaghetti do you make loads of rude words (laughs) i bet you do i mean i I would just be why is is your food gone cold because i'm trying to think of another four letter words that can float around in my soup it's like edible scrabble (laughs) this episode is brought to you by twizzlers long day late night Feeling a little bored? Twizzlers is the ultimate sidekick for any moment of the day, no matter what kind of day you're having. The perfect level of sweet and a fun excuse to sit back and relax. Unwind with Twizzlers. To buy now, visit hersheyland.com slash Twizzlers. Yeah, I came across um, some dried lasagna sheets recently, which I was comparing with the fresh lasagna sheets. And both of them were used in exactly the same way. You didn't have to parboil the lasagna sheets. In the olden days, you had to parboil yeah, the lasagna sheets. Yeah, I remember that sheets. when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember my mother had yeah. them all like stretched out and they were a bit sticky, but it worked. Now, if you if you boil the ones that they say not to boil, the dried ones, they stick to everything. You can't use They fall to bits. Yeah. So they do work. But so they kind of, you lay a lasagna with a dried I, sheet and then the steaming process of when yeah. you bake it through the oven softens the pasta. I think they're probably thinner and lighter, but but they work. And I'm not sure that you, you can even buy the, past, the pasta sheets that you need to boil anymore. But um, it's technology for you, isn't it? They're making them thinner and better. Pasta's moving with the times. <laughs> um, any favourite pasta sauces? I mean, we all love, I think, tomato sauces and bolognese, but anything more rarefied that you're fond of? Well, there's a couple of things. I, I do like the, the use of pasta water being used as a sort of very quick one with, with something like Calvolo Nero, lemon, anchovies, garlic, you know, all, all put through a pan right at the end and then the pasta going back into it. A very, very simple one. With that like, would be with a, a kind of shapey thing like a penne, wouldn't would yeah, it? Yeah, that would than work spaghetti. really nice. Yeah. Well, it worked quite nicely with spaghetti as well. You just kind of like, have, you boil it and then on the side you've got like a, a low-sided sauterne pan or, or, or a large frying pan and into that you sweat down a bit of onion, some some dry, um, some uh, marinated anchovies, 
throw in some um, Calvillo Nero cabbage just stripped from the stalks, wilt it down, add the pasta to it, put in a bit of the pasta water and then stir in a spoonful of mascarpone and just mix it all together. Something very quick and simple like that is delicious, really, really good. But I'm a big fan of a true carbonara. I like it's properly naughty for you. However, I'm a big fan of really good, the smoky bacon flavor from from the the beautiful deep cured bacon, and then on top, and then into that. But it's it's would you use bacon or pancetta? Pancetta, 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 yeah. yeah. So and then and then into that the the egg yolky sauce. It's not about it being a, a big creamy sauce. It's about this rich yellow egg yolky deliciousness that because yeah. coats this pasta with wonderful, wonderful richness with Parmesan through it. And it's just amazing. I mean, yes, it's about 9,500 calories, <laughs> but it is incredible. You mentioned marinated anchovies. Is that different from the little upright anchovies in the little bottles that we buy? Well, you could use either ones. So, so they're the really salty ones. They work really yeah. nicely. And the marinated ones are the ones that are kind of in olive oil that have been cured, maybe a little bit pickled a little bit. Are they bit. in so a jar in a tin? You can get them in a jar as well. You can get, yeah. them, you can right. get both and, in either. So either one is And you nice. get them in salt as well, anchovies, can't exactly. you? Exactly. So, so either one of those is just a a little bit of flavour that goes through that works really well with the, with black cabbage. And they kind of melt down, don't they? You they don't do. get a lump of anchovy. It t- turns no. into... Sadly sword. not. I love a lump <laughs> of anchovy. I love anchovy. It's like when, you, when you're when you doing a, a leg of lamb and you stick bits of anchovy and garlic into little um, sad wounds that you yeah. made and it just vanishes. It never tastes of... tastes a little bit of Worcester sauce to me. That's the, the only thing, um, which I quite like. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> um, wrong with that. Uh, are there any flavours that you don't like with pasta? Uh no, I know where are you going with this. What what do you mean? Like like jam? I, I'm not. Or like, or, or, I'm, I was going to say sweet pasta actually, where you stand on chocolate ravioli and some of the more esoteric. Uh, yeah, no end I, of the spectrum. I I've not had it. Like I've never. I mean, I've never been anywhere. <laughs> in my, the times I've spent in Italy, I've never seen it on a menu, so I wouldn't have ordered. Your it. Your face like, has turned into a kind of question mark of disbelief. I, at this I'm point. like, yeah, someone's put chocolate in a ravioli. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get how it, but it's not. No, pasta for me is a savoury dish. It's it's a savoury dish. But I'm sure that someone may prove me wrong and it might be, there may be wonderful regions of Italy that do wonderful sweet pastas that I just don't know about. And I would massively look forward to seeing and eating them and tasting them. But I don't know of any that is... I wasn't far off the mark when I said jam then, was I? I was like, yeah, <laughs> but chocolate. The, you know that, that everyone listening, is, well, people listening are now going to be sending you in their treasured recipes for jam pasta. I can't. Jam ravioli. <laughs> I can't. And yeah, with parmesan and anchovies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, just at that point, can we talk about truffle oil? Because truffle oil does hang around pasta, or it did hang around pasta about 10 or 20 years ago. Um, how, where are you on, on truffle oil? I'm a big fan of truffle oil. Like, it's got such a bad reputation and, and chefs go on about how much they hate it and how much don't hate don't hate the truffle oil hate the amount of truffle oil so it's kind of like saying you know you don't you don't right. like using tomato ketchup but actually tomato ketchup enhances dishes in certain ways you know particularly at home it, it makes things feel luxurious and flavorsome it's got a wonderful t- don't don't soak it in it don't pour half a pint of truffle oil on your pan 
tiny little drizzles just help. They they enhance and they they work. I'm a big fan of truffle oil. I think it's great, particularly in home cookery. I think it's fantastic. Or even things like truffle paste or dried mushroom puccini paste. Those are, that have truffle oil through those kind of infused flavors. They just add it's just a layer of flavor that goes through things. Don't don't be down on truffle oil. Be good. Be okay. its be its friend, but use it very very sparingly. <laughs> Does it matter which sort of truffle oil you buy, or is it okay as long as it's a small expensive bottle from Italy? Yeah. To be honest, I don't, you know, they don't really, it doesn't really taste of truffle. Let's be honest, it tastes of kind of like a a slightly chemically enhanced, over-the-top, big, powerful, punchy hit. So if you bought white truffle oil or black truffle oil, it doesn't really taste exactly the same as white truffles or black truffles. But, you know, a little drizzle of it, a tiny bit of it through the cooking process, it it just helps to give a layer of flavour to, to to a dish that is essentially pasta, which is almost flavourless. So every layer of flavour that you can get to it can help. I mean, I wouldn't put it in a classic carbonara and I wouldn't put it with a lovely bolognese sauce, but in a dish that has got, you know, that you're using the pasta water from cooking with, you know, that you're making this kind of just coating sauce, a tiny little half a teaspoon of it in it will go, goes a long, long way. Or even a shake. Uh, I mean, if you, if it's mushroom, if there are mushrooms there, it's fairly natural because it just kind of lifts the mushrooms, doesn't it? Exactly. Like that dried, dried mushrooms go really well with the, with pasta that's rehydrated and, um, and punchy tastes like that. It goes really, really well. Do you use essences much in your <clears throat> restaurant kitchens? Lemon essences, orange essences? Because you can get so many of them now and there are lots of organic ones available to chefs. So I wondered who's using them and why. Yeah, no, not really. We just try to drive the flavours forward of... of um, what actually exists, whether particularly in the hot cookery side, particularly in where you do the starters and the main courses, it's all about produce led and how it works. I think there's a room for those kind of essences to drive flavors in the dessert section because you're you can't you're not serving a lemon, you know, and you have lemon juice or you can have the lemon zest, but then you know if you were putting that through a set custard, for example, I don't know, you might add. I mean, lemon's probably the worst example I could be picking here because <laughs> lemon's the most powerful flavor, but something like cherry. Cherries, essentially, when you eat a cherry when it's in season, they're not that powerful of flavor. They are, they are, they taste lovely, but they're quite, they're quite subtle in their cherry flavor. And by the time you've kind of like broken that down, stewed it, and how you move it forward, it doesn't, you know, you need to enhance that flavor. So, yes, you may well use some form of cherry essence in that to drive that flavor forward. But quite often, more than not, no, we don't use essential oils or, or, or particularly in the hot side of the kitchen. Yeah, ice creams, I think they can be used for ice and chocolatiers use them quite a lot. Exactly. When um, you're making ganaches to fill dessert, to fill, you know, to finish dessert um, with coffees, you know, petty fours and things yeah. like that. Yes, of course, they work really well for things like that. But when it comes to natural cooking, like you do with pasta, that kind of heart and soul and feel, you know, it tells you, you don't really weigh out an amount of pasta, do you? You kind of like bang, the, open the pasta thing and pour it all in and go, yeah, that's about, uh, that's handful, about enough. Do it by handful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of those things that when you're cooking pasta, it's feel, it feels very organic. It feels from the heart and the soul and you, you cook with, with pasta and love and that's the same sort of thing when it comes to the produce that you serve with it it's all about a little splash of this a bit of that and you mix it all together that is the beauty of pasta it's almost you can freestyle with it and even if you've got pasta recipes you make them and you adapt them a pinch of this a bit of that it's it's it's, quite, it's very forgiving yes and important to taste before you serve it as always just to make <laughs> sure because uh 
that you could have bland attack because it's a, it can suck up a lot of flavour, can't it, pasta? You have to taste everything. Any, anything you're cooking is always about tasting. Always about tasting. I stumbled across a packet of alphabet spaghetti in, <laughs> yeah. in the shop and I bought it. So now when I make a chicken soup, I put alphabet spaghetti into it. Do you make such... loads of rude words? I bet you do. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I would just be, why is, you, why is your food gone cold? Because I'm trying to think of another four-letter word that can float around in my soup. It's like edible scrabble. <laughs> this has got me feeling very hungry and I think that Trusty Jack has some of your hand-cut pappardelle waiting in the wings for us to try. I love so that. So this is um, very simple rolled and cut pasta put through a rolling machine like you'll see on the video. Yeah, really, um, really simple. Simple and beautiful. And we've all, we love our crinkly foil because, oh, look at that. Boy, that looks good. And that's gone through not too thinly, not on the finest setting, and it's um, not, and not, not the thinnest setting. So it's quite wide and it's qu slightly thicker. Do you think sometimes that people put them, go, go, when they go for the thinnest setting on the pasta rolls, is that too thin? Yeah. Well, Does you, it make it fragile? Well, certain things you do want texture in. Papadelli works so well because it, it's about, this is about a hearty dish. I mean, uh, this is quite solid and it's robust and it's mm. thick and it's got, you're, it, texturally, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for something that's got that amazing kind of, you recognise that you're eating pasta. And and that that's really important. It's cut thickly. It's not spaghetti, and it's you know it, it's nice when it's a little thicker like this. It's got a sort of heartiness, and this this has got a lovely meat sauce to it. So it was crying out for something, a proper proper a slight chew to it. The pasta, not exactly al dente, but a, a kind of a satisfying chewiness. Hundred percent. I mean, I'm going to talk to you. I'm, I'm a mouthful of papadelli, <laughs> but it is about making you feel. I'm eating something. It's great. It's substantial. It's rich. It's filling. I've eaten a bowl of pasta. The thing is, you don't want to fall into the trap going, I'm going to eat loads of this because straight up, you're going to need a sleep. <laughs> I love the feeling of chewing. It's a very good feeling. After a bit of munching, I don't know what it is, but your jaw seems to connect to your brain and say, oh, you're, you know, all's well in the world. I love it. And particularly when it's pasta. And on that happy note, we're going to finish up our papadelli now. Thank you very much, Chef Tom Kerridge, and look forward to seeing you next time. It's a pleasure. Love a bit of pasta. Mm. Thank you for listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with Tom Kerridge. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. And to find out more about the recipes we've been talking about, go to bbcgoodfood.com.